All right, who's glad to be at church today? Anybody glad to be in the house of God? Come on, it's time change weekend. What, what, let's give it up for Jesus. Yeah. Hey, I, I, know, I know it's time change weekend. I felt it this morning. Anybody else feel it? Yeah, yeah. Daylight savings time has begun, and I'm loving these longer days already starting today. And we want to welcome everybody online with us as well. Uh, we know it's spring break week, and so there's a lot of people traveling, a lot of people watching online live or maybe later on down the road in the week. We just want to welcome you wherever you're watching from, church family in the house. Let's welcome everybody online with us today, too. We're glad you're here. Glad you're with us. Yeah. I want to kind of tell you where we're headed over the next few weeks um, leading up to what is the Super Bowl for us, all right? Five Sundays from today is one of the biggest days in, in the church world, and that is Easter Sunday is five Sundays from today, and we are doing six Easter services, everybody. We're starting on Good Friday, having one service then, two services on Saturday the 16th, and then our three normal services on the 17th, and the reason why we do so many services is because so many people want to come to church on Easter. Uh, last year, we had over 1,400 people walk through the doors on Easter, Sunday, on Easter weekend, and so this year, we're just trying to make room. We're just trying to make room for people to have the same experience that you're experiencing right now, so I want you to be praying about who you're going to bring to church with you on Easter weekend. Be asking the Lord. I know there's a, there's a couple people in my life that, that have been acquaintances, and I've known them through sports and different things. And, and I, every year, every time I have an opportunity in, to invite, they're always on my list. They're always on my mind. And so be praying about who you're going to bring with you and in which service you're going to attend as well, all right? And, uh, and today is also the start of a brand new series that we're kicking off today called The Blessed Life. And um, it is based on the Bible, I want to tell you that. But I'm also using a book that really changed my life back in 2009 called The Blessed Life by Pastor Robert Morris, who pastors Gateway Church down in South Lake, Texas. And, and I received that book in um, uh, 2009. I was there visiting Gateway from Alabama. I was visiting with some of their worship staff, getting to uh, know some of the, the systems and processes and how do you do things. And, and uh, the guy that I was with took me through their through their bookstore warehouse, and he just loaded me down with all kinds of resources, and the Blessed Life book was one of those books, and it changed my life. It revolutionized uh, some of the ways that I thought about generosity and giving. And so to be clear, this series is a series on generosity and stewardship, all right? It's a series that is, it has a lot to do with those two things, but I, want, I also want to be clear and tell you that this series is not a teaching about give to get. Come on, somebody. We just don't believe that here. We don't believe in that name it, claim it, give to get, give and you shall, give and receive. The Bible says give and you shall receive, right? But we don't give with an ulterior motive to receive. Can I get a witness? So we don't give to get. What do we do? We get to give. That's a different way to look at it. We don't have to do this. We get to give. We get to be generous. And so we're going to talk about that over the next five Sundays. going to lead us up to Easter. And I want to set your mind at ease and just tell you we're not going to do a special offering. We're not doing pledge cards and campaigns. That's not going to happen. And I want to tell you that um, if, if you're worried about that, we're not doing this series because we need you to give more, right? In fact, we, we right now 
at this point in, in the year so far, are leading the church on 64% of what you give. Come on. That is a, a, that is a, good, a good thing right there. We're able to do that because you give and you're generous and we're grateful for that. So I'm, I'm teaching about this because several weeks ago I did one message on financial, breaking financial strongholds. And in that, met, like when, when we look at the metrics of the, the videos, the playbacks, the views on our website and social media, that one message and the one on um, breaking addiction are some of the highest views that we've ever received outside of COVID live streaming, okay? So that tells me that it's something that people want to know more about. It's something that people want to hear more about. And so we're going to teach you because when I did that message a few weeks ago, I didn't have, I just had time to give you the high points, okay? And so what we're going to do is break it down in this series and talk about um, the blessed life. And so the same way that I would teach you how to get free from anger or get free from um, addiction or to get free from lust or pornography or any sort of sin or bondage in our lives, I would also have to teach you how to be generous because our God in heaven is generous. Can I get an amen? All right. All right. So, um, so that's why we're doing this. We're doing, we're doing this series to help us become more like Jesus, to, to be the givers that God's called us to be and to look more like our heavenly father, right? Now, could we do more as a church if we had more? Absolutely. Sure. We could do more if we had more. In fact, um, uh, this year is the first year that we're at the, in the history of our church, three years old, first year that we're going to be able to do missions trips this year. Yeah. So we're excited about that. Pastor Derek is leading some teams. We're going to be taking a team to Cuba. It's one of the ministries that we support there, have supported for the last three years, and also to Guatemala. So you think about what could we do if we had more? Well, we could build orphanages, and we could build churches, and we could, we could resource people in, uh, all around the world. We could do more if we had more. Amen? Um, and then when we moved into this building, some of you, y'all don't know because we, um, maybe you're new, but we've only been in this building for a little over, about a year and a half. And uh, it did not look like this when we moved into this building. Come on, somebody. It was, there was blue carpet and orange chairs. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It was, it was rough looking. And so uh, we focused a lot of our remodel efforts on this area, the auditorium, the lobby. We, we, I mean, I just wish you could have seen it beforehand. And our kids' wing... Uh, really didn't get the, uh, the, the best of the deal. And so we, we used a lot of elbow grease back there, a lot of volunteer painting, and you can tell. And um, <laughs> sorry if that was one of you painting back there, but uh, yeah, you can tell. Um, in fact, um, our hall, our, our kids, we have kids-only restrooms back there in the hallway, and those are not ADA compliant. We'd love to bring those to be ADA compliant so that any child who has a handicap or any special need could also be able to use those restrooms. We have, we, we, we're, we're needing to expand some of our kids' resources back there. Our kids' ministry, especially in this service, is bursting at the seams. I mean, we have, we have classrooms that are running out of space, and so... We want to expand some classrooms. We want to put bathrooms in a couple of classrooms that are toddler and preschool age where they're doing potty training and so they can, they can have that access right there. Um, we would, we've got the oldest HVAC units in the whole church are right back there in the city kids area and they're about as old as this church. This building was built about 40 years ago 
And we have favor that those units are even still running. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, they are still kicking, but they're going to go out at some point. And so we're, we're, uh, we need to replace those. There's a lot that we could do back there. We have a mother's room back there for, for some of you moms who would need to go change a baby or watch the service, kind of have a cry room. And we want to make that accessible from our lobby rather than going through the kids' area. A lot, a lot that we could do. If we had more, yeah, we could, we could do that. But we move at the pace of your generosity. Like we want to put an elevator in, but that, we're going to do that when the generosity happens. Uh, why do we need an elevator? It's because we don't have one. <laughs> and we have, a, we have a second floor that, that needs to be accessible. And, and so uh, we, we would love uh, to put house lighting in, in the auditorium, right? Uh, it's, it's because um, some of you tell me, hey, I can't see to take notes. I'm trying to take notes. I don't even see. I can't even see my paper back here. Yeah. Yeah. We, there are people who fall down the balcony stairs when they walk in. People who have been in the balcony before, they just forget that there are steps right there. And, and, and uh, so, so those kind of things that would, would help. We would love to add a, that new lobby that, that you've seen. And if you haven't seen it, I can show you a picture sometime. I didn't include it in my slides this weekend, but the, a new lobby that would just expand after this service, you're going to see just it's shoulder to shoulder out there. And I love that. It's great, right? There's so much that we would want to do, like launching a Burt Burnett campus, uh, paying off mortgage debt, those kinds of things. We would love to do that, but we move at the pace of your generosity. That's how we do things. So we're not going to do campaign and pledges and all of that. But I will say this. If the Lord puts on your heart to give more, I'm, we're not going to stop you. All right? So, you give whatever the Lord lay, lays on your heart. You give as the Lord leads you. So um, that's just a little bit of, I'm just saying, could we do more? Yes, we could do more if we had more. But we're, we're just going to move at, your, at the pace that we give, all right? And so uh, I want to jump into the message today. It's, if you go ahead and take your message note sheet out, the message is, is titled, It's All About the Heart. All right? It's all about the heart. And um, I'm passionate about this topic about generosity because um, I have the spiritual gift of giving. It's something that the Lord, Lord has given me. And so I, I love to give. And uh, I think you're going to see that come out through this series, uh, through some of the messages. But I want to look at Luke chapter 6. We looked at this scripture a few weeks ago when we studied about forgiveness and unforgiveness. And today we're going to look at it uh, in, a, in a different way, okay? Because it's a, the scripture is not necessarily about giving money, all right? So um, that's a hint because I'm going to ask you a question in a minute, all right? So go to Luke chapter 6, and it says this. It says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven, all right? Look here. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, here's the question. Does that passage of Scripture say anything about money? No. Yet, it is one of the most common passages of Scripture when, when people preach about money. So, it's not about money. But it could include money because this passage of Scripture is really about the heart. It's, a, it's about God dealing with, uh, with us about our heart, about how we treat other people, about how we deal with those around us. So it's not about money, but it could include money. It could apply 
because Jesus is teaching us a, a principle of sowing and reaping, that whatever we sow, we will reap. Whatever you give, if you give judgment, judgment's coming back. If you give joy, joy's coming back. If you give love, love's coming back. Whatever you give, that's what's going to come back to you. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's what Jesus is teaching here. The context is, it's, about, it's a heart matter. It's, a, it's about how you treat others. So the message of giving is not all about money, but that's what people think about when we talk about giving. They automatically go, oh, here we go, we're talking about money again. Talking about, I, I know that, I know that they're just going to talk about, no, 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 no. It's not about that, okay? So, so there's a lot more that God wants us to give besides money. Is money part of it? Yes, but there's more than just the money. Um, in fact, the whole message of Christianity is, is this. God loved the world so much that he gave. <laughs> Come on, aren't you thankful that he gave his son? He gave to us. That is the message. It's a message of giving his one and only son. So it's not only about money, but it could include money. Now, Jesus teaches us about money. He talks about it a lot in the New Testament. And in Matthew chapter 6, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, that, that's pretty interesting because we might say that wherever your heart is, your treasure is. But Jesus says, wherever your pocketbook, let me see your checkbook and I can tell you what's important in your life is what he's saying. So wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. And, and I know I can hear it. I can hear you kind of thinking like, oh, here we go. Here we go. We go. Church is all about money. I knew it. The church is all about money. And I would just respectfully say, no, the church is not about money. The church isn't after your money, but God is. What do you mean? Well, uh, I, I think that our wallet and our heart are tied together. And if God can get your pocketbook, he can get your heart. Because wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So let me, let me say it this way. We're not after your money, but God is. If God can get to your wallet, he can get to your heart. If he can get to your resources, he can get to your heart because your heart follows your treasure. So, so that's why when you, put, uh, when, you, when you buy stock in something, all of a sudden you've never checked that stock before in your life, and now all of a sudden you're checking it multiple times a day. Why? Because your treasure's there, and your heart starts going there. Your heart starts checking in. It's why when we buy a boat, we can't just stop at buying a boat. No, 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 no. We have to buy all the accessories that go along with the boat. Why? Because our treasure is there and our heart starts to follow and we need all of those other things. It's why when we start doing travel ball with our kids, they don't own any name brand stuff and then all of a sudden we got to start buying the most expensive things for our, our travel ball athlete who is going to be the, the Golden Glove award winning pitcher one day, right? Just it's because our heart starts, our treasures go in there and still our, our, our heart starts to follow. It could be your dream home and it could be anything. And, and please hear me, God's okay with you having those things. He just doesn't want those things to have your heart. But he knows if he can get your wallet, if he could get a relationship, if a relationship has your heart, then he wants that relationship. If it's, if it's, um, if it's anger that has your heart and you're just so angry, he wants that anger. Whatever it is. So I wanna, I'm talking specifically about money, though. He wants that. He, he doesn't want that to be something that separates you from him. Amen? All right. 
So here's what we're going to do today. We're going we're gonna to look at Deuteronomy chapter 15. It's Old Testament. And we're going to look at four things that we see in Deuteronomy 15 about how we can give with a pure heart. How do we give with the right motives, okay? And so it's Deuteronomy 15, and Jesus says this. He says, if anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites, so we could say, if anyone's poor among your fellow Wichitans, okay? Anybody in Wichita Falls, anybody on your street, anybody you know that's dealing with something, God says, here's what I want you to do. I, I, I don't want you to be hard-hearted. He, and notice this, too, by the way. If, if there's any poor among you in the land the Lord your God is giving you, notice that God is giving it to you. You're not earning it. You're not deserving it. You didn't work hard enough for it. No, no. God's giving you that thing. It all belongs to God, okay? So we're talking about heart matters. So, so if there's any poor in the land that God is giving you, don't harden your heart. Don't be tight-fisted. Don't say to yourself, man, what you need is a J-O-B. You just need to get up off the streets and put on some boots and work. That's what you need to do. No, no, God says don't be like that. Don't be hard-hearted and tight-fisted. What I want you to do is I want you to be open-handed, and I want you to freely lend to them whatever they need. And we can say amen or oh me, either one, because it's like, oh, God's not pulling any punches here. I want you to be open-handed. I want, you to, I want you to be a blessing to people around you. In fact, he told Abraham, I'm blessing you so that you can be a blessing. That's, that's why he gives us resources so we can be open-handed. Now, I'm going to give you four things today that we're seeing in Deuteronomy 15. And the first one is this. If we're going to give with the right motive, a right heart, then we've, we have to deal with a greedy heart, first of all. First thing we've got to do is deal with greed. And I know most of us would say, well, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not really greedy. That's not me. I don't, I don't really deal with selfishness. Uh, but we all are born selfish. We're, like, nobody has to teach us to be selfish. It's just born, it's, it's built into us. We're born selfish. And there are two kinds of greed I want to point out here. Okay, there, the first kind of greed is a greed that that keeps a greed that causes you to give because you think you're going to get something back in return. What's in it for me? It's a give to get greed. And we don't do that. That's not God's heart for us. Not, we don't give to get. So the second kind of greed is a greed that keeps us from giving in the first place. It's a greed where we go, no, I'm not, I'm not giving. God, you, you want me to do what? No, 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 I can't, I can't do that. It's a greed that keeps us from giving. Let me show it to you in Deuteronomy 15. This is the same passage. God says, be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. Where does the wicked thought take place, by the way? In your heart. It's a heart issue. It's all about the heart. So he says, don't have this wicked thought that, man, the seventh year, the year of canceling debts is almost here. Let me, let me time out. Let me pause right there and explain what the, the seventh year, the year of canceling debts is. Um, in, in these days, and even in Jewish culture, uh, some Jewish cultures today celebrate what's called as the Jubilee, the year of Jubilee. So in this day, God had instituted a, an economical system where every seven years, all debt was forgiven. Who wants to go back to that? 
right? Sign, sign us up. Let's go. Let's go. So every seven years, all debt was forgiven. And what, here's what God is saying. When you see the poor in your land and you know the Jubilee is coming, you know the year of Jubilee is on its way, don't say, well, man, if I, if I help them out, they won't be able to pay me back. If, I, if, I, if I'm generous to them, they won't be able to, to pay me in return. And God says that that selfish thought is a wicked thought. It's not, with the, it's not the right heart. And so he says, I don't want you to have ill will toward the needy among your fellow Israelites and do nothing. That's not the right kind of heart, God says. I don't, I don't want you to live that way. It's not really what I want. And I know that some people would say, well, Pastor Ben, that is Old Testament. And glory to God, we don't live in the Old Testament anymore. We live under grace. That's the law, but we live under grace. And I'm glad you pointed that out because I wanted to show you what Jesus said under grace. Uh, Jesus says that if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Because even sinners do that. Even sinners lend to people expecting them to pay them back. No, he says, I want you to love your enemies and do good to your enemies and lend to them without expecting anything in return. That's the heart of our Savior. That's the heart of Jesus. And so this is a heart matter when it comes down to selfishness. We've got to deal with the heart. So why did, why did God create giving in the first place? What's the point of him creating giving? Why, why is it here? Uh, did he create giving because he, he needed us to help him fund his ministry? Did he create giving because he... he he used to own the cattle of a thousand hills, but now it's down to 240 hills, and he needs a little bit of help, right? Is, the Bible says the, the streets of heaven are paved with gold. Is he, is he lacking gold right now that he, just, he needs us to help him? No. So why did God create giving? And here's why I think he created giving. It's so that he can work the selfishness out of our lives. We're automatically selfish, we're, uh, no one teaches us to be selfish. It's just in our nature. And he created giving so that we could, he could work the selfishness out of our lives. In fact, the, the give-to-get gospel actually works selfishness in our lives. Because we give hoping we will get something in return. And that's not God's heart. I don't think God is in heaven going, man, I, I can't believe it. My people are finally getting the gospel of give to get. They're finally, they're finally believing that it's really all about receiving. I don't think that's God. I think he's in heaven wanting us. To, he's going, man, I hope you get that it's not about what you receive, but it's about what you can give. It's about what you can, how you can make a difference in the lives of people around you. So giving, then, is not for God. It's for us. Right? And, there, and, and ladies, I just want to help you ladies out for a moment. There's, there's one thing um, that, that men do not want to share while we're talking about selfishness. One thing that men don't want to share. And, and if you're not married, this will be good for you to know when you do get married. The one thing that men do not want to share is their food. <laughs> Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Like, hey... You're going through the drive-thru, you're getting that fast food, and she's like, oh, I'll just have some of yours. No, no, you won't. No. I will buy you two of whatever you want, but you can't have mine. 
right? Now, I'm getting better at this. Uh, Annalise and I have been sharing a little bit when we go out to eat. We, we've, been, we've been working on that. But men, we, we just don't like to share it, do you? We, we will get you whatever you want, but this is mine. And even though I might not eat it all, it's still all mine, right? <laughs> so, so we're working on that, ladies. We're working on getting that selfishness out of us. probably applies to all of us, by the way. So we've got to work selfish. Deal with greed. Get the greed out. Deal with the selfishness. Now, the second thing that we've got to deal with is we've got to deal with a grieving heart. So if greed is is about selfishness before you give, then grief is is about the grudge after you give. So this is... This is when you give something and then you regret giving it. Have you ever felt that before? I have felt that before. And it wasn't, I don't think it was something that pleased God, but it was like I gave and then, and then I just felt like, man, I shouldn't have given that. Look, and, and I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about in just a moment. This is, this is Deuteronomy. It says that you should give generously. So, so don't just, don't just kind of throw a little bit of something at the need, but give generously to the needy people, to people who are in need, and do it without a grudging heart. Do it without grief. Do it without regret, wishing you hadn't done that. And if you can do these two things, if you give generously and you do it without a grudging heart, the Lord your God will bless you, how? In all your work, in everything that you put your hand to. Come on, that's a promise right there, everybody, that if we can do it generously and without a grieving heart, he will bless us in everything that we do. Now, the way I've seen this play out is when people uh, give, maybe they give something in an offering or maybe they take care of a, a need around them and then shortly after they give that offering or they take care of that need, something breaks down. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, something breaks down, and it happens every time. And here's what I believe. I believe that that thing was going to break down anyway. Exactly. It was going to break down anyway, but now all of a sudden, it, 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 it's causing grief in your life because you're thinking, man, if I hadn't given that offering, if I, haven't, if I didn't help that person, I would be able to take care of this need. Now, that's selfishness and grief all in one. So selfishness attacks us before we give. Grief attacks us after we give. Do you see how that works? And so I don't know why I just had this random thought just now. Um, I, just, I was thinking about how uh, Annalise and I going out to lunch after, after the service, and I don't have any cash on me. I just, I don't know why, and I don't know, I normally don't share that with you. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Steve. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm going to do that more often. I'm going to... $100 right there. Come on. Woo! Now, why, why in the world would Steve give me $100? Why would you do that? <laughs> All right, look here. Why did Steve get up so easily and give me the $100? Is because I gave it to him before the service. Are you grieving over giving me the $100? Not, not really, maybe a little bit. Like, so, so look, it, here's what I'm trying to get across to you today. It wasn't his to begin with. That's why he could give it to me without any grief. And here's what, here's what I'm going to put this in my pocket. Here's what I believe, is that so many people grieve 
because they don't realize that everything is the Lord's. That, that you're just a steward of what you have. It's not yours in the first place. And so if we can ever come to understand that we are just stewards of what God has given us and it's not ours in the first place, then we can conquer that greed uh, and, and grief demon that often attacks our lives. So we've just got to understand that it's not mine, it is God's. And when I give to God, I'm not giving him what's mine, I'm returning what is his. Does that make sense? I'm giving back to him what already... The, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything in the earth belongs to God. It is his. So when we give back to God what is already his, we don't have to deal with grief because it, we know it wasn't mine to begin with. It belongs to him. Does that... Come on. Can we just give God thanks for that today? Yeah. It all belongs to him. So we've got, to, we've got to deal with the greedy heart, a grieving heart. Number three, now we've got to start to develop some things. Now we've got to develop the generous heart. We've got to start to become generous. All right, this is same, same passage of Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 15. God, God tells the people of Israel to supply them who? The people in need. Supply them liberally from your flock. So in those days, the flock, the threshing floor, and the wine press was how they made their money. That was their income. So he says, I want you to give of your income liberally to the people in need. And give as the Lord has blessed you. So you give in proportion. You can't just walk around giving everything that you've got away, but you can give in proportion to what God has given you. And he calls us to give with with um, and, and over and above, he calls us to give liberally, not just a little bit, not just like, hey, I hope this will help you out a little bit, but let's give liberally. And, and you might, again, you might say, well, that's, again, Pastor Ben, that's Old Testament, but I want to fast forward to Jesus, Luke chapter 6, the same passage that we've been reading in Luke 6, and Jesus says, just give to everyone who asks. And, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. Don't ask for it back. He says, do to others as you would have them do to you. So if you're in need, what would you want other people to do for you? How would you want other people to rally around you if you were in need? And he says, when you do this, when you give to everyone who asks and you do to others as you would have them do to you, your reward will be great. So again, we're not giving to get, but there is a byproduct that we receive we may, we may give something financially, but it may show up returning to us as joy or peace or comfort or strength. It may come back a completely different way than what we have given it, all right? So we can't walk around going, well, I gave in that offering and nothing happened. That's not, no, we can't do that. We can't live that way. We don't give to receive. So your reward will be great when you step out and you begin to live in generosity. Now, uh, it's about the heart. We're born selfish. Nobody teaches us that. We're born with that already inside of us. In fact, for a lot of people, your first words were not mom or dad. Your first words were mine. Mine. You kind of sound like those uh, seagulls on Nemo. Mine, 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 mine. You just walk around. Everything's me, mine. And, and some of you who are parents, you know exactly how this plays out. When you've, had, when you've had kids come over 
and they're playing in the playroom and, and your son and the neighbor's son is over there and, uh, and the neighbor kid, he goes and he picks up a toy that nobody's playing with and he starts playing with it and then your son walks over there and goes, that's mine, give it back, that's mine, mine. I was playing with that, give it to me. Y'all seen that, hadn't you, right? And, the, and then the neighbor kid, he puts it down and what does he do? He goes, finds another toy that nobody's playing with and then your son goes back over there and says, nope, nope, that was mine, I'm playing with that, give it back to me, I, that's mine. And what makes it really difficult is... Uh, some of you parents who reinforce that selfish behavior and you go, yeah, we got, that him for, we got that for him for Christmas, so you need to give back that back to little Johnny over here. That, that reinforces selfishness, by the way. And so here's, here's what I'm saying. At some point, you got to grow up. At some point, you can't, you can't just keep living selfishly over and over. By the way, this is the year of freedom. So I'm trying to help you out today, okay? Because... Selfishness is, is probably one of the root causes of just about every area that we're bound up in. It's because what's in it for me? But this makes me feel good, so I'm, I'm going to do this. And, and, and we got to deal with that selfish heart. It's there. Um, when I was about 12 years old, um, at Christmas, one year for Christmas, um, uh, I was 12. We were in East Tennessee, and we'd opened up all the gifts and I just took a mental note that I didn't get as many gifts as my brothers. Now, for some people, it's not about the quality of the gifts, but it's about the quantity of the gifts, right? And so I'm looking around, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't get as many gifts. And my parents say, well, Ben, there's one more gift downstairs for you. And I go downstairs, and there is this gigantic box. It's a basketball goal. I am blown away. This is a basketball goal. This is so cool. Man, I can't believe I got a basketball goal for Christmas. And then after all of the hype settled down, I was still upset that I'd got less gifts than my brothers. And I remember going to my mom, and I remember saying, Mom, I was just, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in tears. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I just didn't get as many gifts as everybody else. And she's like, but we, we spent the amount of, same amount of money on you. And... And I was, I was hurt that I didn't get as many gifts. Now, what am I saying? I had to grow up. I can't stay there. I can't, I can't stay at that 12-year-old me thinking, well, I didn't, get, I didn't get my part. You didn't give me as much as everybody else. My son, Gideon, uh, he's 10, and we are, we are one and the same. I mean, he is a mini-me all the way around. If you haven't met him, you, you'll know it when you see him. He's a mini-me. We love every, everything I love, he loves. We're just like, he loves giving gifts and receiving gifts. That's his love language is to, is to receive gifts. So this Christmas, he decided he was going to buy all of his brothers Christmas gifts. And so he bought them Christmas gifts, and they were good gifts, by the way. I'm like, whoa, man, you, you're really doing it, right? So he bought them all Christmas gifts. He's so proud of that. Come Christmas time, we're opening up gifts and nobody, they didn't get him one, right? <laughs> he gave them gifts. They didn't give him any gifts. And so the, all of this joy that he had from giving, now all of a sudden was diminished by the fact that y'all didn't give me any gifts? Really? And so what, it, what, what am I talking about? He, he's 10. It's kind of cute. But at some point, he's got to get over that. At some point, we got to grow out of that selfishness where it's all about me. Is that okay to, to say it like that? It's, 
So we grow up, and I think God's asking us that today. He's asking us, when are you going to work the selfishness out of your life? When are you going to become more like your heavenly father who loved the world so much that he gave? And he didn't just try to accumulate and build it all for himself. When are you going to do that? So, so that's a question we need to answer today. How, how can I develop this attitude of generosity? Number four, the fourth and last one is this, that we've got to develop a grateful heart. A grateful heart. If we're going to be giving with the pure heart, giving with the right kind of heart, we've got to have a grateful heart. And what I've noticed through the years um, is that the best way to combat greed and grief is through generosity and gratitude. If you are living in poverty, I'm just telling you today, one of the best ways that you can combat the poverty mindset is to actually be generous. I don't understand how that principle works entirely. It is a God thing. When you're dealing with selfishness, the way to get past it is to be generous. It's to to have an attitude of gratitude, a a thankful heart. And I, I hope that maybe at some point in this series I can share some of our testimony on giving. But through the years, God has used us Um, my wife and I and our family to be a blessing to other people and I told you how much this this book The Blessed Life um, really meant to us and how it affected us so God's used us through the last 12, 13 years to be a blessing Um, I'm not telling you this because I want to brag or because I want it to be public knowledge but We've been able to give away four cars to people. And they weren't clunkers. They were really good cars. We just felt like the Lord said, you need to give this. You need to sow this. And it didn't start out that way, by the way. It was hard. Why? Because we were selfish. But as we've developed, as we've let God work in us, he's working that selfishness out of us, and he's working generosity into us. And we've been able to give what is large offerings to us, to to people, to churches, to to meet needs within the community, meet needs within the church, and we we don't publicize that. We don't let people know about that. But I'm I'm telling you about it now because it's going to help drive this point home. And you might say, well, Ben, how do you get there? How how, How can you give like that? How can you do those kinds of things? How do you get to that point in your walk with the Lord? And I I would say it's not by might, not by power. It's because we've developed a closeness with the Lord, but it's also because I remember what it was like to be in bondage. I remember where I was before I met Jesus. I remember how I was involved in pornography, how I was a slave to promiscuity. I remember how I was wrapped up in chains of of fear and pride and lust and, and all of these different things. I I remember what that was like. And I I, I remember, I I recall that the Lord, my God, he redeemed me out of that. He broke those chains and he set me free and he delivered me and he rescued me out of this lifestyle. So I can't help it. I can't help but want to be generous because he who has been forgiven much loves much. I remember where I came from. and, And God even says here in verse 15, This is why I'm giving you a command. He actually commands us 
be generous. Take care of the needy. Take care of the people around you. And we're going to have an opportunity to do that through Love Week coming up the week of Easter. To take care of the people around us. So you say, how do you, how do you develop that, Pastor Ben? How do you become generous? How do you live the blessed life? You have to remember who you were before you met Jesus. You have to remember how God rescued you. You have to remember that you were slaves, that you were in bondage. You have to remember how hopeless and helpless you were. Not to be condemned. You don't think about that for condemnation. You think about that so that God can lead you to a life of gratitude. God, I'm so thankful that I'm not where I used to be. God, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be, but thank you that I'm not what I used to be. Thank you that you've redeemed me, that you've set me free, that you've given me fresh fresh start, a new life, and a new beginning. We never forget where God has brought us from. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me today? I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for every person in the room and every person watching online today who maybe is just struggling with the heart issue of of generosity, of giving, whether it's giving forgiveness or giving joy or peace or justice whether it's giving money whatever it is it goes back to our heart and father i pray for every person who may be battling in this area today we surrender our heart to you but we we ask you to to break off every bit of greed break off every bit of selfishness every bit of 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 ambition inside of us every everything that's not like you everything that pulls us away from you everything that separates us from you every bit of grief that would cause us to regret being generous in the first place lord we we break that off in jesus name and we receive this 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 blessed life so that we can be generous so that we can live the life that you've called us to live so that we can take care of the needs around us you've blessed us to be a blessing Lord, we give you our heart today. We want to be grateful and thankful. We remember what you've done for us. We remember how you've saved us. We remember how you've set us free. We we remember how you delivered us and how you broke the chains off of our lives, and we can't help it. Lord, let let us live with that attitude of gratitude today. With your heads still bowed, if you're here today and and that's not you, like you're, you're still living in bondage. You're still living in shame. You're still living in guilt and condemnation. You're still living, trying to, you're trying to pay for your own sins. Maybe you're living with the guilt of your past, the guilt and the weight of the choices that you've made that have pulled you away from God. Maybe you're far from God today and you, and you have not received his forgiveness. You've not received his love and his mercy. Today, my prayer is that you'll, when you walk out of here, you'll be able to say, I was a slave. I was in bondage. But my Savior, Jesus, set me free today. And if that's you, you're ready to give your life to Christ. You're ready to go all in. On the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. Come on, with boldness and courage all across this place. I see you. God bless you. Anybody else? One, two. Who else would say, that's me, Pastor? Three. Anybody up top? Anybody? Come on, lift it up boldly, courageously. I'm proud of you. Four. I'm so proud of you. Thank you for your boldness. Thank you for your courage. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. This is your moment. This is your moment to walk out of here different than you came in Jesus' name. All right, hands down. And let's all say this prayer together today. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me 
for giving your life for me. Now, I give you my life. I surrender. Will you forgive me? Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me new. Give me a fresh start. A new beginning. And from this day forward, I will follow you and serve you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's thank God for salvation. Amen. Hey, praise God for that. Praise God for what he's doing in your lives and, and, and what he's, he, how he's working in our lives. And um, I'm, I'm just so proud of you, those of you who gave your lives to Christ today. Um, I want you to know not only are we as a church proud of you, but also God is so very proud of you. Um, I just want to remind you, if you gave your lives to if you gave your life to Christ today, uh, I want to remind you about the connection card that I mentioned at the beginning of the service. On that card is a place where you can let us know what your decision is today. So if you if you would, we would love it if you'd let us know under the part that says my decision today, just check the box that applies. Um, we want to be able to celebrate with you and we want to be able to pray for you as you take your next steps. And so we put together this resource. It's called a next steps box. And it's just because sometimes when we give our lives to Christ for the first time, we don't know what to do next. But I want you to know that this isn't the end. This is only the beginning and the best is yet to come of your new life in Christ. And so this box is full of resources about um, what you need to do next, what your next steps are and how you can grow in Christ. And we would love to get this to you. Um, when you leave today on your right hand side, there's a shelf up against the wall. It's just beside our growth track room. And you'll see some of these boxes sitting on it. And there will be a team member by a table. So just stop by that table and uh, tell that team member that you would like a Next Steps box. And they'll get that for you. And that's totally free of charge, our gift to you. So be sure to get one of those as you leave uh, today. So we're about to get ready to go to the part of the service where we worship the Lord with our giving. And um, I, I just want to say to you, uh, thank you for being such a generous church. I want to celebrate with you today. Uh, we, we have many different mission partners, but we just heard back from one of our missions partners in Cuba, and they've been short on supplies and needs there a lot in the lately. And, and one of the things that we found out is one of the areas that we're supporting uh, since January that they've been able to take in 800 pounds of medication and other needs to people. And they're distributing that through pastors and churches in the area to get those out to people who are in need. And so I just want you to know that you're making a difference. So we praise God for that, that we're being able to make a difference in that way. But every dollar, every, everything that you give is making a difference. And while you may not be in Cuba yourselves, man, you're a part of that and you are making a difference. So thank you for your generosity and, and know that, that it's making a big difference, that it's building the kingdom of God. And so as, as we get ready to worship the Lord through our giving, I just want to celebrate that with you. And I just want to uh, tell you, if you're a guest today, there's no pressure on you to give anything in an offering at all, but we would love for you to um, introduce yourself to us on that connection card and drop it in the container as it comes by. Um, so we're going to get ready to do that. Our team is going to serve us in just a moment. Um, and then I'm going to say a prayer. When I say amen, our prayer team will be along the front. If you have any prayer needs, 
during this last song, just make your way down and they'll be happy to pray with you during this last song. So let's go ahead and pray together. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God. Thank you for the message that you brought through Pastor Ben today. God, and I pray that it would just land on a good place in our heart, God, that it would grow. Lord, and we just thank you for what you're doing. I pray your blessings over every person, God, every person online that's watching today. God, we just speak your blessings, God, and we thank you, Lord, that, that we get to be a part of your kingdom. So we love you. We praise you. We say this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, church. Let's stand together and worship to this last song. Have an amazing week. Go with God. He is going with you.